for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. A natural nurse in a toxic world. Kate Shimarani on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Good morning, you happy bunch. It's the 2nd of March already. And all we're seeing all over the world is chaos, chaos, chaos. I just want to remind you all, because you are in the natural nurse army, you should have already had this morning your celery juice. You can now be adding a lemon to it and some ginger. You should have been out on your lawn in your bare feet grounding yourself, which in 21 peer-reviewed studies has showed that it will exponentially decrease your inflammation in your body. Why am I saying this when there's all these horrors going on in the world? Remember this and remember it hard. Politics is Hollywood for ugly people. It's a show. It's going on. It's to keep you there focused, but nobody is coming to save you but yourself. And the things that you see happening unfolding around the world, you and I, just the little peasants, the minions at the bottom, have very little authority over. But what they will do is take you away from the things that you can change. Well, let me tell you what's going on in the UK. (laughs) I did tell you here that it's turning into curry night seven nights a week. Uh, If you want to argue with me on that one or you want to tell me what what is happening where you are, it's Kate Shamarani at tntradio.live, medical crimes in tyrannical times. I want to hear them all. Um, But you can email me any of your health concerns or what's happening where you are or what you think I should talk about. But what's actually happening in the UK? Well, we had our pint-sized prime minister and you heard me talking about how he had a cavalcade down Whitehall and I I actually got into trouble because I said what's next gilded rickshaws um we couldn't see him in his Land Rover because he's only about four foot tall and he would need a booster seat um but anyway down he went with all the cops on bikes and motorbikes ahead of him and then lots and lots of cops running behind looking very overweight one poor guy i thought we were going to have to like resuscitate him on the spot it was ridiculous we have uh lord baron gadia sits as court over the bank of england we have the conservative friends of india um you know I- i've traveled all over the world which you're going to hear about in a minute because we've got a great guest on a pilot but I've travelled all over the world and I, I don't think I recall going to Islamabad or going to what was called then Bombay and seeing all white, you know, white honky tonks like me. Oh, can I say that? Am I even allowed to say that anymore? I don't recall being uh, white Anglo-Saxons all being in charge in government in top places. Don't they call that colonialism? Anyway, turns out that Lee Anderson, who happens to be a white male, which is... No, you and your white privilege, shut up, has upset um, the prime minister and he's been sacked from his position in parliament. And he's upset that other Indian uh, bloke who called for my arrest, uh, the uh, mayor of London. I'm not even going to say his name, actually. Let's not give him any any airtime right now called for my arrest and they all spoke about me when they said that I'd said hang the NHS staff, which I actually never said anything of the sort, um, but that's how it goes. So this is what we've got going on because they're saying it's it's terrible, it's racist, it's hate crime. 
um you know pie and baked beans fish and chips um cornish pasties and gravy fritters and gravy pickled onions pickled eggs pickled gherkins in the chip shops i i don't see much of that anymore i don't see much of my country but is it now i hate crime to say it so we also have george galloway has just been voted in in rochdale and yes, the first thing out, he said, Garza, this is for you. And you, we're seeing the horrors that are going on. It's horrific. You have to wonder, don't you? How is this even happening? Um, George Galloway, right at the beginning of the pandemic, had me on his show and was extremely rude and ungentleman to me. I started laughing and reminded him of when he was a cat lapping milk at Rula Lenska's feet in the Big Brother house. Anyway, he unceremoniously cut the feed and I was off the show but he was really rude to me because I was speaking out and saying this isn't real this pandemic now everyone's going yeah George Galloway George Galloway he's not going to save you none of these people are coming to save you they're false idols so we we then see um a poor man go to jail for several years for putting up I think it's Melia his name is for putting up stickers that said white lives matter. Um, I, I didn't see anything racist about it. We've had a, a counter-terrorism cop, a counter-terrorism cop say um, stickering. So stickering, stickering is now terrorism, stickering. So somebody on, on um, Twitter in their wisdom, which I thought was hysterical, said that's it when we see stickers we should all dial 999 if we see stickers for blm sharia law or any sticker we don't like he says i saw a discriminatory wanted on a lamppost and it said no parking obviously trying to single out drivers well i see stickers when you go to london you see them in the phone booths of women with big boobies and they are saying you know phone me for a good time well i feel discriminated against with my little fried egg silicon bags from my uh, reconstruction yes i did say that we're not going to talk about me sitting on my biological vagina much anymore because have you noticed lgbtq has gone out the window we're not talking about that we're not talking about the khaki clad bloke um and and another war you know who that is i'm not going to mention these things because they're all sort of paling as the next scene act two comes out and everyone keeps going along with it but while you're all still going along with it nothing's changing in your own backyard other than the squeeze and the dragnet is getting tighter and tighter and tighter so what can we talk about well let's talk about flying because those of you who know me know that i was also a trolley dolly for british airways and we know that the airline industry got very very pressured so i've got a pilot coming on he is still a pilot alan darner you can't see his face you don't need to see his face you can just see my gorgeous face but he was a pilot is a pilot i should say Captain Alan Dana, worldwide experience, all aspects of general aviation, commercial airline operations. Um, he holds the British, United States and Australia professional airline transport licenses, including an FAA accident prevention counsellor. Um, his experience is over 35 years. I want you to keep that in your head. Over 35 years 
experience and 23,000 plus flying hours. Well, he wouldn't take that mandated. Mandated is where you've got to have it for your job. It's not optional. And compulsory means they're going to hold you down and come through your door with a uh, a weapon of choice to hold you down. Um, And while they inject you with that weapon, he wouldn't take it. So they were going to sack him and he basically said, no, you're not because I'm leaving. Um, Alan, welcome to the Kate Shamarani Show on TNT Radio Live. It's a pleasure to have you here. Kate, thanks for having me back on. Lovely to see you. Yeah, I, I, I when, when we saw you, I loved that you had your epilepsy on and your shirt. It <laughs> took me back to those days when flying was good fun, when we used to lock the drunk uh, crew in the toilet for landing so nobody knew. The days when we had fantastic parties and landing drinks and I saw a pilot very drunk rolling in at gone 2am and we were all due to leave that hotel at five down at Mardi Gras in Australia and everyone's going, oh my word, how dangerous. If it's allegedly. Bad, it's allegedly. I was Thank there. goodness I was there. there were no cameras. But good, good job there was no phone cameras back then. <laughs> there were no phone cameras, but of course there were no phone cameras. I remember a lady dying on the flight. No, it wasn't the chicken or the fish. She was just old and she died in her flight and the passengers didn't want to sit next to a corpse. I would have been fine because she wouldn't have wanted to get out to go to the toilet. But that's just me. Um, cynical or a nurse, probably both. Um, but yep, we had to get They had to get her out. This time. They had to get her out the seat, take her down the back of a 747 400 and promptly sit her in the crew rest area with a blanket over her strapped in. And when I went down there, there were a purse of Savannah. Uh, having a drink, reading the papers next to this dead lady. Anyway, <laughs> she did make it down to her final destination. Excellent. So, Alan, yes. you didn't take the shot. And what's really interesting here, 23,000 flight hours, 35 years of experience. That's really scary because you didn't take the shot. You left. Lots got sacked. So they're filling them up, all these positions with very inexperienced pilots. And you and I both know that you learn everything on the job. So what happened, Alan? Well, basically, it was it was at the end of sort of 2021, getting close to November 2021. And I was long haul, so I was grounded for a lot longer than the short haul pilots. And they came around with their little directives and there was rumours going around that it was going to be mandated. And we said we couldn't believe that that was actually going to come to fruition because it would be against the law, you know, Australian law for sure. Um, we have It's a federation down here, so we've got uh, federal law and we've also got state law, but it would, would have been against human rights law to, to start with. And then there's a whole list of other things that you know, you know, in in the UK, you can't mandate anyone for a medical procedure. You look at the Nuremberg Code, and all this was going around in our head. But the the mandate came out. Um, our little leader, um, commonly known as the Dwarf from the North, Alan Joyce. He's from he's from Dublin. He actually basically said, "You're going to have it, and that's the end of it." Um, they had a Zoom meeting, which we got a copy of. And uh, hang on a sec. Can you believe? The egos on these people. There was a little little minion like that. Well, I've met lots of minions like that. I, I don't even know if we can say dwarf now. There'll be a sticker for that. We'll all be in jail. <laughs> um, but how dare people even think that they can say, because they're your boss, you're going to get it. Yeah, exactly. It, I, I just can't get over that. Well, 
He's probably got very, very small gonads to match his small stature. Exactly. Well, you see, the routes that I was flying was predominantly Cancer, Japan. And in January of 2020, the airports in Japan were getting quite sparse with traffic. So when the rest of the world, Europe, America, Australia, uh, had no idea what was going on in Asia, because the the uh, Wuhan flu had already already escaped in China and it was having an effect in Far East Asia. And in January and February, my colleagues and I were looking around the airports in Osaka and there were no airplanes. We were one of the few aircraft that we were like, something serious is going on here. Mm. And there was there was rumours that there was something coming up and it wasn't until a little bit end of sort of uh, February and then March that we we started to know that obviously there was something out there. And personally, I actually think I actually got it back in January. Of got 20, what? Got, got, the, uh, got the alleged virus. Listen, so, Alan, me and you are going to have a big fallout here. <laughs> <laughs> you got flu. Yes. You got flu. Yeah, exactly. That so COVID I, is yeah. not, we're not even going to, Certificate of Vaccination 2019. Right. Well, we'll, go, we'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. So I, I I had something, not enough to stop me flying, but I was aware that, you know, I, I had something. Anyway, so January, February, we were well aware flying in, in Far East Asia that uh, something was up. And then by March comes round, then obviously the, sh- the shutdown started. The long haul fleet was, was parked. Uh, we were all parked on the ground and then um, everything was fine. And then we get round through to, to the mandate situation. And Australia became the first country mm. that mandated it for all of the airlines. There was nobody was going to get away with this. And as we were running into our deadlines for compliance with the company procedure, we were having to think about, okay, what if what if we can't find find an out? You know, we're trying to we're sending letters saying that this is against the law, human rights. You know, you've got policies and procedures and all this sort of stuff. And it was falling on deaf ears and they just kept coming back. You are going to take this and that's the end of it. Then a couple of colleagues um, had taken taken the injection. They weren't too fast. They weren't critical thinking. And when one of them actually died after his second shot, I was like, okay, that doesn't look good because I was always already skeptical, like most people, probably you as well. How on earth can five pharmaceutical companies all come out with an injection within a few weeks of each other when they take 10 years to develop before they actually get launched to market? That was a red flag to me to start with. And can I just can I just say something here, Alan? Go ahead. Well, just because you've mentioned it, so we don't forget. Um no vaccine has ever been proven safe. No vaccine has ever been proven effective, ever. Ever, no. ever, well, ever. This is, you never this get, is and learn. crew, crew, and I was crew, you, and long haul crew like you, and we talked about this when we did an interview this week, crew are given masses of amounts of vaccines all at once. And the incidence in British Airways alone of cancer, when we looked at it, was 10 times the national average. The national average is one in two. So crew already get very sick all around the world because other crew began to contact the lady who was looking into all this um, or already getting sick because of we talked about it, radiation, vaccines. But now they're coming with this one. You see someone literally drop dead after the second one and they still push it. Absolutely. And the the thing is, when you're a, a pilot, particularly, we have to pass medicals every year. 
your health becomes your salary. If you're not healthy and you can't pass that medical, you don't fly. And if you don't fly, then you don't get your salary. So it, we've got a vested interest in, in staying as healthy as we can. And well, Alan, hold that. Stay yeah. healthy. Yeah. We're just going to have, because you are listening to TNT Radio Live. And I want to remind you all, now's the time when we have a word from our sponsors that you too could be a sponsor and you can get on the website and buy lots of goodies because it is because of you and the sponsors that we can bring you uncensored news 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Back in a tick. TNT's Mark Morano. Brain implants. Are you ready to have your thoughts read, your mood altered? It's not science fiction. It's not some realm of the future. It's here. It's now. And it's not spectacular. In the case of Emily, the patients actually can record themselves and we're able to analyze it. If I had crippling depression was suicidal, I'm not gonna turn down a treatment like this. I'm not knocking someone for doing that. What I'm saying is this is really on the edge of a brave new world, especially given corporate government collusion, the great reset goal of taking away freedom, democracy, private property. One of the tenets of the great reset from the World Economic Forum is you will have no privacy and life will never be better. Mark Morano on today's News Talk TNT. The Irish government is proposing a law known as the Hate Speech Bill that threatens free speech. This law could have dire consequences for our democracy. This law will have uncertain effects on artistic and musical expression. It could stifle the activity of public campaigning on political and civil issues and also curtail speech relating to topics about religion, ethnicity, sex and gender. You could even be jailed for possessing documents, cartoons or memes on your devices, even if you never read them or intended on sharing them. Mere possession could make you a criminal under this law. Help stop this law. Visit www freespeechireland.ie forward slash take action to bin the hate speech bill. So many people who had no history of heart illnesses have got it now or blood clotting after the COVID-19 vaccination. Punish those who hurt people with COVID madness. Lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT Radio. I am Kate Shimarani, natural nurse in a toxic world for TNT Radio Live. Medical crimes in tyrannical times. And we're talking to very, very experienced long-haul pilot, Alan Dana from Australia. And he was just mentioning about, you know, your your health is your license because they do indeed um, check your health every, I think it's every six months in the UK to see if you're fit to fly. And you've just seen the advertisement there about people having heart problems. I'm hearing this young people with enlarged hearts and that is not good. That means your heart's working ineffectively and working harder and harder like a muscle and it's getting bigger, which is not good. So we're talking about airlines now in the break, just before we go back to Alan, Uh, We were talking about the UK. The UK is a little country with a big gob, as we know, densely populated, possibly not with, 
you know, as many uh, Anglo-Saxons was what it used to be, but we can't say that because we go to jail. Um, but there was an incident where a, a large aircraft nearly landed on the M4 motorway years ago coming in. I think it was a bit foggy. Um, we, we've had terrible where Lockerbie, the aircraft, went down and it turned out to be a terrorism attack. And this was in um, the 80s. And I, I was working as a nurse. That particular health board was x-raying parts of those bodies. It was carnage. It was terrible. There was bodies still strapped in the seats on people's rooftops. The wreckage from that disaster was strewn for miles. The crew was still in the cockpit. Um, it was absolutely horrific. It was full. It was before Christmas. It was Pan Am. The flights were, the seats were cancelled by lots of government officials. Isn't that interesting? So all of those seats were bought at the last minute by students. And that went down and it killed a lot of people on the ground also. So keep that in mind. Alan, yes. so you're telling us about your your body, really, your health is your license. Because if you have any anomalies when you go for these checkups with your circulation, with your heart, electrical firing system, your eyesight, your brain, you lose your license, don't you? Well, exactly. And this is the thing. There were too many questions. And this, that we, everyone knew that the vaccinations were brand new. In America, that they were only licensed under an emergency use authorization. And in Australia, they 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 like to play with uh, the the uh, semantics. They called it provisional approval, and provisional approval down here was meant to mean that they were still collecting data. Well, if they were collecting data, what were they collecting? You know, information about the positive and negative effects. Well, what were the negative effects? Well, they couldn't tell you, but they still wanted you to take it. So when we presented the airline with these unanswered questions, well, what are the negative effects going to be on me if I take this substance? They don't care. We didn't care. They just wanted you to take it. And if you haven't taken it by the 15th of November, you are going to be uh, going through the disciplinary process with a, with a view to terminating your employment for serious misconduct believe that and that was basically the process that, that many of my myself and many of my colleagues went through uh, a lot of our friends and colleagues who didn't want to go through that process uh, resigned took uh, early retirement you name it and i was a little bit obstinate and i said i am not going to resign i'm going to let them fire me which i know is going to be illegal and that will give me recourse to take them to court and sue them and that's basically what we ended up doing um, ah, so you, you that was yeah. clever. Yeah. So and because the there are now there are now um, class actions, and in the UK we've had a paramedic winning court uh, for exercising his right to body autonomy, and it, down in Australia you've had a group of emergency workers, as I understand it, nurses. They're they're starting to see some traction through the courts. Is that correct? That's, that's right. It's been a long time coming, and this is this is one win which is significant. The police and the nurses. Um, they are federal, effectively federal and state employees, and they went in through the Queensland uh, Queensland uh, Supreme Court and won. And the judge, basically, the judgment said that it was completely against uh, human rights. So it, it was illegal for that reason. So that's significant. Now we're going to hope that many, many people now that that were fired for the same reason that I was can now initiate an action for uh, for redress 
and to get some relief uh, as far as um, either reemployment or um, restitution as far as back pay. Who knows? But um, it's not game over yet. And as far as as far as our case goes, we actually did cite in our statement of claim that the human rights was actually paramount. That was that was the one thing. And the second thing was that it wasn't in any of our contracts of employment. But, you know, there's a lot of water the gun under the bridge now. And we're on to not just the people that were fired for not taking the shot. We're looking at the fallout from the people that actually took it. And those that were coerced, and yeah, and this is this is an interesting. So just let me throw a spanner in the works. It's the Tedros, the terrorist spanner from the World Health Organization. One one could be forgiven for being so cynical and saying here, well, they don't really care about the fallout from all of these that were forced to take it and are sick. They don't really care out about uh, care about all of you that lost your jobs. Or the fact that it's been deemed against your human rights. Why? Because the pandemic treaty for the next time there's going to be a pandemic. And trust me on this one, they will come with something else. You only have to look through history. They'll come again. And that pandemic treaty means you don't have any human rights. You'll have nothing. Exactly. So they don't they don't care. They're like, yeah, bring it all through the courts. Do what you like. The same as the. Uh, the 120k in the UK that you collect if you're vaccine injured, if you can prove it, but the ones that are injured want millions from the taxpayers. So these things can take many years to go through. We are in year four of the scandemic. So um, the fallout from those who have taken it and are sick, if we can just fly that in a different direction for a minute, do you yeah. like the way I got that in? Yeah. Um, yeah, just turn the ailerons. There you go, folks. Yeah, I do know bits of aircraft. <laughs> um, but let's just look at that for a minute. The people that took the shot in the aviation industry, those in the air traffic control room, uh, those that are flying helicopters and single manned aircrafts, those who are flying private jets with only one pilot, at least the big aircrafts, as we've talked about, you'll have two, if not four pilots on board because you'll have the heavy crew for takeoff and landing. Um, the fact that we have a sky saturated with aircrafts and we know that there are loads and loads of near misses anyway. The fact that those staff that are injured or dead because of these shots or, as you've already pointed out, are going to fail their medical so they've now lost their license or they're grounded doing other duties. Um, so we now have inexperienced staff flying and those in the towers are inexperienced. I'd say that that is a very precarious situation that makes me very nervous, not just of being killed in the air, uh, you know, sitting, going on my jollies on a little aircraft, and something catastrophic happens and the fact that so many people die at once. But what about if, as the UK is small, we have Chinooks going over, helicopters going over all the time where I live. What about all of those people that are injected that could die or have an incident and all the people on the ground that are at risk? It's That's horrific. Right. 
That's right. And this and this was the question when we were trying to find out what are the side effects of this vaccination. And they were trying to bombard us with the phrase that you're well aware of now, safe and effective. Now, if you talk to any doctor or pharmaceutical scientist, no drug is safe and effective. If you look at the look at the warning label of paracetamol, for goodness sake. There's no drug on the market with an LD of zero. LD means lethal dose. Yeah. A lethal dose. There's not a single drug on the market with an LD of zero. Exactly. And this was one of the arguments that we were going to bring up in our court case about and, and we were literally going to bring up the list of side effects of paracetamol and ask, uh, ask, ask the question, is this safe and effective? And that is a drug that has been given m- billions of times more than any of these of these shots that they were trying to get us to take. So no drug is safe and effective for everyone. And and that was the fact. Now, you've got a situation of those of us that didn't take it are still on the ground or maybe we've got jobs now. But the it caused a massive experience gap in the airlines, in air traffic control, in nursing, in policing. You name the sector. There was this is why the problems existed for uh, understaffing in every sector. And what are they doing now? They're filling those gaps with inexperienced people. So you've got inexperienced staff members now in air traffic control. You've got the the lowering of the requirements for pilots to get a job. At Virgin Australia, the normal hours minimum was 1,500. They lowered it to 500 hours. Wow. So, Alan, can I just ask you this? Can I ask you? Dare I ask you? In the UK, we have over 30% of our nurses are now overseas. We're doing recruitment driving. India, Nigeria, uh, over 33% of our doctors. And everybody knows they get huge incentives to come. They get accommodation paid. They get a cash payment. They get to bring all of their dependents. And I'm just saying, you know, some of those, uh, some of those countries, they'll, they'll have, they have seven wives actually, and lots of dependents. Um, so, yeah. uh, they don't argue. They don't argue. They don't go on strike when, you and I know what minimum base turnaround means. It means you've got to have a certain amount of rest before you're allowed to fly again, because otherwise you'll be too tired. You could fall asleep at the controls. Your responses will be delayed and it becomes very dangerous. So you have to have so many hours. So if you're delayed for any reason and your next flight is so long that it's going to take you out of hours that you're allowed to fly, then they don't allow you. They have to wait. You have to get another crew in. So when exactly. you're all sitting there on the aircraft going, oh, this is terrible, these crew. No, it's because of these very strict rules and regulations to keep you safe. Yeah. Well, if you start bringing in all new experienced staff on lower pay, lower hours, which is what's happening in other jobs, and I'm sure that the airline industry, if you've got that pint-sized Irish bloke telling you you're going to get it, wouldn't that make sense? to make money, to bring in lots of pilots who will do as they're told and shut yeah. up for less pay, it, less hours. It, it, it almost looks like it was a, a more of an industrial exercise where they could get rid of pilots and crew and cabin crew and ground staff who were on um, older contracts for more money. And what they That's what BA did. That's yes, what BA did. Yes, exactly. I, I, took, I took severance. I, I took a severance package. It's the same procedure around the world. They've hired all these new people on on new contracts on lower salaries, and they basically got what they wanted. So, you know, it's it's just the way it is. You know, this is the game. And as far as it, politicians and employers go, the only thing that anyone can do now is don't comply, because that is the only way that uh, we're going to get get some pushback on this. Because once we stop pushing back, 
they win. And your show and shows like it is super important. And that's why I could not face my young son and say that I did nothing, that I just rolled over. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do well, it. And, and it's stellar that you didn't. When you say, you know, don't comply, don't fly. Um, let's just talk about a couple of things here, because you know what? We're uh, constantly hearing um, COVID, 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 four years on. And um, if you've not got it by now, it's a flu. It's just flu. And they are going to come with other things. So let's just talk about seeing as where I was crew and you are, are a pilot. Um, Kuwait, British yes. Airways. Yes. Uh, the the official story, please do go look it up, folks. The official story, you know, that this two aircrafts were on the ground. Kuwait was invaded by Iraq. And uh, one of those aircrafts got blown up. A British Airways brand new. I think it was a 747-400. I was working for BA during that time. The crew that were on that second aircraft coming in told a very different story. They were ordered to land ordered to land, even though they could see fire and military vehicles on the runway. They had a load of burly men get on, even though the door had closed, the door was then reopened. You never open a door once it's closed by the red cap, do you, Alan? Unless it's a catastrophic emergency. Um, And those burly men disappeared into the airport along with all the French passengers and the crew were the hostages. Then when we go on to... um, you know what what happened with with Lockerbie as well which I've already talked about Pan Am and Pan Am was going bust and then we know all of what then happened and they said who it was that was responsible for that flight what happened with I I actually really like I'm trying to remember his name now the guy that they killed who was head of Libya what was his name I watched some uh, Gaddafi, I watched an interview with him. He spoke loads of languages. He spoke perfect English. He was very educated. He was bringing, he wanted to bring peace to his region and they didn't allow him. And that is linked, that whole Lockerbie thing was linked. And um, it, it does concern me that what is actually happening now, and we talked about this, and you've sort of mentioned it, I wouldn't be surprised if there is a catastrophic incident in the future, in the very near future, and it's all part of their plan to to stop people traveling and flying because they don't want us to travel. Of course. Um, yeah. We, yeah. It's problem, reaction, solution, isn't it? They create the yeah. problem, they create the reaction, and then they come in as the white knight with this solution, you know? And it's just like, not again. And this is the problem with with grey hair and getting old. You've heard this story before and it's boring and it's annoying. And the fact that so many of our friends, neighbours and colleagues just go along with it is just stunning. And But the thing is, you, you listen to people, brilliant people like Jordan Peterson, the psychologist, it's just like the majority of the people just want to go along with the herd because they they haven't got the, the balls to, to go the other way or stop and think for a second. 90%. The CIA that's, did a study. 2% will be active all the time. That's me. That's right. That's <laughs> uh, right. 6 to 8% will be active once or twice, and the rest will go along with it. Um I'm sure a lot of people during the Second World War, there were people in the UK who didn't even know there was a war going on. (laughs) They didn't even know. Well, for sure. Um, So it's quite interesting. But you you um, you touched on that. You know, if an aircraft goes down in a populated area, which is like the UK, 
most most of it is populated it would be catastrophic but also you said that you, you the uh, organization that you all you guys all founded um you were approached by people looking for uninjected pilots exactly so so we wow so we started the AussieFreedomFlyers.com as basically a portal to be able to get support, uh, give support to crew members that were still in the airlines that were either fighting their own show cause and terminations, to give support to those crew members that had actually uh, taken the shots and were possibly suffering uh, the consequences. And we also needed to fundraise to fund the court cases. And basically we were getting emails from the public a lot of support but we were also getting a lot of questions where can i fly or which airline should i go on that has unvaccinated crew members we were getting those emails and so were our colleagues with the french freedom flyers they called the navigant libre the dutch freedom flyers the swiss freedom flyers and the us freedom flyers we were all getting emails from concerned members of the public that had chosen for themselves not to be uh, injected and then they were hearing the concerns that we were flagging up that because there are side effects that nobody is talking about, there are going to be crew members that are flying around thinking that everything's safe because they've been told that there's no side effects and this thing's safe and effective and they're going to have cardiac issues. Well, what happened next? They withdrew AstraZeneca. Well, why did they withdraw AstraZeneca? Oh. Oh, it was giving blood clots. Well, what happened? Well, give, so hang on, Alan. Let's just have a word from our sponsors because I'm glad you've reminded me about that. Remember, folks, please do think about if you know any big companies that could sponsor TNT because we bring you all of the best information and it's uncensored and it's because of you. And you're in the Natural Nurse Army now. You're in my fam. So a word from our sponsors. Don't go away. We are for pets. We do anything for them because they do everything for us. We are for people, for those who love pets unconditionally. We are for good, from adoptions and veterinary care to disaster relief and fighting pet hunger. We stand together to create a better world for pets and families in need. We are PetSmart Charities, for pets, for people, for good. co-founder of the British Nursing Alliance, Kate Shimarani, on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, I am Kate Shimarani, natural nurse in a toxic world. And for you who just said British Nursing Alliance, what is that? Our next guest, we will be talking a little bit about that because lots of things have been going on in my life that have slowed things down. You all know about my daughter and um, I'm going to keep you posted all about that because, you know, she was told imminently had to start chemo that would have made her sterile, uh, would have possibly one in five die during it, lots die after it. And she walked away from that four days after the diagnosis. And um, she's still here and doing well. And um I'm going to tell you, I'm not telling anyone what to do, but nurses need to be trained. They need to be retrained in real medicine, because if you think you're a nurse now and you're still working in the hospitals, doing all of these injections still, which are still there, and also seeing the fallout from them, all the elderly being murdered, you're not a nurse. You're nothing more than an assassin. And you doctors are nothing more than pharmaceutical company pimps. So our guest, Alan, a pilot, 
who was sacked, has just mentioned, actually, before the break, the AstraZeneca vaccine. Just to let you know, in the in the UK, the, the Wild West, that little piece of rock. Um, in the UK, they announced last week that the MHRA knew that uh, had, had come out about the AstraZeneca vaccine and how it caused thrombocytopenia thrombosis. Let me tell you, it was already reported on September 6th, 2020, by a scientist called Scully from Oxford to the MHRA that that Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine caused transverse myelitis. That's your entire nervous system would be affected. It was then reported on December 9th that that Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine caused thrombocytopenia and thrombosis, their blood clots. And when those patients presented to the hospital and were given the treatment for that condition, heparin, it reacted with the vaccine and they died. What did the UK do? MHRA, June Rain, yes, you. They went then and gave 30 million doses across the UK and sold another 200 million doses to America in the February of 2021. And I think it was 20 or 30,000 doses were given as a trial over there first. Now they're trying to say that they didn't know. Well, Mark Sexton, fantastic, a retired cop. I think Dolores Cahill was there, uh, Professor Dolores Cahill, I believe that... Um, John O'Looney was there, the undertaker. They all went to a meeting where the very politicians who were saying, oh, isn't this terrible? They were there. You were there. You know who I'm talking about. Your wiry ass was sat in that room when that information came out in 2020. So you can't go, oh, oh, I didn't know. What will happen to June Rain? Likely nothing. Likely nothing. These people in all these top positions in government in all these little things off government, they all track back. They nearly all go to, they all went to University College London from 2014. They're nearly all followers of eugenic movements, eugenicism. They're all, in times of austerity, you will always see euthanasia practiced. This is what's going on everywhere. Alan, I had to get that in. So that MHRA, that AstraZeneca, they soon dropped the Oxford bit. They yeah. knew before they rolled it out to you guys. Australia, as we've discussed, was the test ground. Uh, you can have troops from another country now come onto Australian soil in the event of an emergency. Correct. And not be held accountable for any criminal acts. So that's murder, rape theft they can't be found guilty or yeah charged. so they bring they, they bring in laws like that well ahead of the time that they think they're going to need it and this is the same thing with the uh world health organization they're trying to get this uh this new pandemic treaty in because they know what they're going to do next and this is why again i, I just reiterate it's so important that people like you and myself and, and shows like this it's just wake up more of that more of our friends and colleagues to to speak up and push back in, in a peaceful way to because when they like the French you know if you can get enough momentum you can actually have an effect but coming back to the AstraZeneca the thing that we were concerned about is that when you travel on a long-haul flight they keep telling you about this thing called deep vein thrombosis you know because you're many hours of inactivity in a pressurized cabin before the pandemic was a problem 
Yeah. Post-pandemic, it's prob probably going to be more of a problem. Well, okay then. Well, the, the flight deck crew as well sit around not doing much for very, very long hours. If these things have blood clotting problems, is there going to be a medical effect on the crew in flight? And I can tell you for now that the instances of pilot incapacitations has gone up significantly. That is now beyond a shadow of a doubt the facts. And the thing is, we also know that the that the excess deaths in every country that has had a massive vaccination program has is somewhere in the order of 17% higher than the baseline pre-pandemic years. And our well, concern, let's talk let, let's yeah. talk about that, Alan, before you go on, because you know, you and I have talked about it. So you talk about deep venous thrombosis in your in your calves, um, just to throw in people. To, you can take a little bit of cayenne pepper, tiny bit in a container, through security with you, buy water when you get through the other side, as long as you don't have stomach acid problems. Um, and you can put a pinch into a small bottle of water, a quarter of a teaspoon, and sip it throughout the flight. If it's a short flight, you on a long flight, you can get several bottles of water. You can get a litre bottle of water and put a level teaspoon in there. It's lovely. It'll taste like frazzles, smoky bacon crisps. You should be getting up every hour and annoying the staff by walking around the cabin. Uh, calf raises, go to the back of the cabin and do 50 calf raises. You should be doing circular movements. Do 50 with your right leg, 50 with your left leg. Stretches, you know, pushing your heel forward. If you do suffer from any circulatory problems or you're on drugs, see your doctor before you fly. He might prescribe you acid to take the day before your flight, the day after your flight, and the other side. Always go and see your doctor if you are on any medication. Um, you, you really should be thinking about not having loads of alcohol, not drinking loads of sugary drinks. Sugar binds with protein and furs up your arteries. What I do when I fly is I don't eat the food. I don't want to eat the food because I've seen what happens and how the food gets there. That's just me personally. I do the cayenne pepper thing. I drink lots of water. I fast. I sleep. I don't drink alcohol. I take an eye mask to block out the light. These are things that you can do. But I saw a young guy flying back from Dallas in the summer who was mega fit, big muscles, and he was having heart problems. And so were two of his friends, and they'd taken two and three of these shots. So what about the, pa the passengers, Alan, and the crew that get off the aircraft that you don't know about, and they go along, go home, and they drop dead of a pulmonary embolism because that clot that was in their calf has broken off, gone through the heart, been small enough to get through the heart. If it's not small enough to get through the heart, you have a heart attack, you drop dead. If it goes through the heart and it goes up to the lungs, it can block and you die of a pulmonary embolism. We don't get to hear about them. And we do know of a thing called aerotoxic syndrome, where fumes from engine oil end up in, ends up in the cabin and crew die. British Airways, two a month. And that happens all over the world. And passengers then go and travel to their connecting flights. And no one knows that they died because of something that's happened in the cabin. So a lot of these deaths are because of flying, Alan. They might get missed, right? And put down to something else. Well, that's exactly what that's exactly the concerns that we've got. And the thing is, if you look back at the regulators, the regulators have got a set of procedures where pilots in particular are not allowed to take common drugs for many different conditions. And the reason is that they could have an effect on the pilot that is has an aeromedical effect. 
no effect on the ground but once you're in the air at altitude and in a depressurized cabin lower temperatures lower humidity they could have a significant effect on your uh, physiological well-being your mental acuity on being able to fly so there's a raft of drugs that've been through a lot of testing in air crew in the environment that we fly in and deemed whether we can take them uh, in small doses or there's restrictions or completely forbidden but these drugs came in without any evaluation aeromedically whatsoever and that is all of the regulators the federal aviation in america the caa in the uk and the casa here in australia now our concern is the whole point of us actually doing a medical regularly in the uk it's uh, every 6 months once you're over 40 and um, for most pilots under that age it's uh, every year the reason that we do the medical and it's fairly thorough is to make sure that there is nothing underlying that might be going on with that pilot's health and physiology that could be a problem in the flight that he may not be be aware of now we know that there are side effects because no drug is safe for everyone and we've got these multiple drugs in the air crew now and you have absolutely no idea because there's been no screening no testing so no efficacy when Correct. you put a drug when you have a drug it can have an effect when you have exactly. another drug it can have an effect you put Correct. them together and they can have a completely different effect and kill you that's Correct. efficacy Uh, incidentally no vaccine has ever been tested together for its efficacy either but they give you a little beautiful beautiful pure baby on the sacrificial altar of molac ie the baby clinics they give them all these vaccines all at once it's yeah. horrific right but the thing the, the really important thing here to understand which which we spoke about before is that when doctors kill people they usually do it one at a time on the operating theater when a pilot does it he or she is going to do it in the hundreds 200s 300s and if you look at the A380 there's 500 people on that airplane now what we're uh, talking and, about, uh, yeah. and let's not forget of course and i say this with tongue in cheek that we have to believe that some inexperienced pilots managed to negotiate aircrafts through manhattan at a low level or even the pentagon at ground level virtually even though the fuselage hole uh, was considerably smaller than the size of the fuselage at the pentagon all oh, that makes me a conspiracy theorist uh, but we uh, we saw that it was supposed to be aircrafts that managed to hit two towers but brought down uh, tower 7 as well so when you have anything if you had an aircraft that did indeed hit a tower block or an office block or even in sydney you're not allowed to land in sydney or you before a certain hour of the day because of the yeah. noise and the length of the runway uh, the length of the runway isn't long enough for the bigger aircrafts and uh, if the wind speed is too much you've got some really built up areas hong kong you fly between the buildings we've done it you you could cause a lot of damage you fellas sat in those aluminum tubes that rickety you could yeah, cause it's, a lot of damage it's, it's not a it's not a great situation and this this was the concern and the thing is that the governments and the regulators are going to hide behind the fact that you are not going to be able to attribute any crash to the vaccinations particularly if there's no evidence left you know if you oh go my down word. <laughs> if you go down over the ocean you know you're not really going to recover anything and if you go down over the land and you've just taken off you're going to be full of fuel again you're not going to find it you're not going to yeah, be able to and the fuel that fuel That's burns right. but not high enough to melt steel alan we're coming up to the end of the show so 
I, I know that you've said it's not the end for you. You're going yeah. to hopefully be piloting um, helicopters and the rest of us are all going to book you because we want to go on holiday. We want to fly with you because <laughs> we know that you're not vaxxed. And listen, I don't need a seat. I can sit on the pilot's lap. <laughs> anyway, with my biological vagina. Anyway, did I really say that? Yes, I did. Shut up. Anyway, it's my show. Um, so let me just ask you a couple of fun questions because I hate to leave everything on a dismal. Yeah, go ahead. Flat earth or globe? Flat earth or globe? All right. Listen, listen up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's round. Okay. And the reason is if you want to. No, no, globe. Is it a globe? It's a globe. It's a globe. And the reason is that no flat earther can explain the Coriolis effect, why the cyclones spin clockwise in the southern hemisphere and hurricanes spin anti-clockwise in the northern hemisphere they okay i'm gonna get flat dave back on flat earth dave back on they can't get past that one sorry <laughs> so yeah look uh, alan thank you so much and we wish you all the best in your career because i know what it's like to go against the system lose my license not that i want their license lose my income um, you know, have to cash my pension and everything else. But the Lord provides when you stay in righteousness and truth. Um, you've been listening to myself and Alan Dana, who's a very brave pilot, very articulate. And there are lots like him. But I, I love the fact that he's not gone. Oh, I'm just going to disappear now. No, he's still going to pilot and he's going to pilot helicopters. The rest of us. Meanwhile, every time we see a jet going over, um, you know, if you live in certain places near Staines in London, you can see the bloke in 34 C's gold tooth when they take off from your living room window. Those aircrafts are that close. It's quite frightening. <laughs> it really is. And I also lived through when they, they fired mortars um, and they landed up under the aircrafts and it actually just set the cruise cars on fire in the Excelsior car park. Just to let you know, folks, Your insurance on your car does not cover you for acts of terrorism or acts of God. So I'd check your house insurance as well and everything else, because if an aircraft comes down, are you even insured for your home? If they say it's an act of terrorism, who knows? Well, I am natural nurse in a toxic world. And let me tell you, everything that I learned, apart from envelope corners of beds and how to suture and probably how to put plaster casts on and actually emergency care, I learned. But everything else I didn't learn during my nurse training. I learned it after I finished. So experience as Captain Dar, I didn't learn during my nurse training. I learned it after I finished. So experience, as Captain Dana was saying, is everything. You need experience. I didn't learn, for instance, that cherry angiomas, that you see those little kind of red spot blood blisters all over there. You get them on the torso, you get them on the upper limbs. When They say that they come when you're older. You get them when you're old, they're a sign of old age. It wasn't till I got cancer. I learned they're not a sign of old age. They're a sign of a compromised liver. That's what they are. And I had them in my 20s. And that's why you're listening to me, Kate Shimmer, in Natural Nurse in Toxic World. Well, we have some very experienced nurses that got the boot as well that are aiming, like me, to start a whole new system. So don't go away because the next part of my show, we're going to be talking to a very brave nurse, Gail McRae, who actually spoke up against what she was seeing, murder of patients in her care, saying, why are we doing this? But she didn't stop there. 
She's taking it further. Her husband has taken it further. He's retrained in law. She's getting all the nurses together to develop a new system of nurses like myself that are going to bring you experience and help take you into a future, not the new world order. Join me after the break.